Welcome listeners to episode 17 of the Running Guide podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to a Kiwi runner currently living in northern Italy, who's had an incredibly diverse, lengthy and successful career. That is certainly an amazing running story that I believe you'll truly enjoy listening to. Welcome to the Running Guide podcast, Jonathan Wyatt. Oh, thank you very much. Great to be here. I'm not sure if I'm the first Kiwi you've had on uh, on board, but uh, happy happy to be uh, happy to be if I am. Yeah, no, uh, I think you are, mate. Yep, yep, you certainly are. So yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. So you, um, you'll do the translation for the for the funny accent then. Yeah. <laughs> well, you haven't lost it. Yeah, I guess it's where you're born. You you tend to maintain the accent, don't you? Ah, oh, that's right. You know, but I, I, one thing you do is find when you're living in a foreign country. Um, you do tend to, you know, you adapt your English to speak, you know, a bit more easily, a bit more slowly, especially with, you know, non-native English speakers. So um, um, I'm well aware of the whole <laughs> of, uh, of being clearly understood. Yeah, yeah. I actually found that when I spent a bit of time over the states with a mate a long time ago, and um, they would, the Americans would look at each other and go, "What, what are they saying?" Because we would just be talking at our normal Australian speed, and they would just go, "They're not even speaking English, are they?" So, yeah, had to learn to really slow things down, especially the Americans. They tend to really exaggerate their words and slow them down. So understand what you're saying there. Mate, let's start with um, how did a Kiwi end up living in northern Italy? Oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you you, you meet... uh, Yeah, it's it's romance, isn't it? Um, You know, I met my wife over here. uh, And, um, in fact, uh, I met her at a mountain running race, um, but she's a a very good cross-country skier. So um, I've, I've been able to learn about a whole new sport over the last 10 years since, um, since marrying her and, uh, and getting to know what, uh, what she does. So um, um, I wouldn't say I'm, um, I've, I've, I've done very well at it, but um, it's, it's, it's interesting when you've been running for such a long time. And then you discover something new, you know, suddenly the uh, the old, you know, the, the original motivation sort of comes back again and, and you can feel yourself improving as you get better technique and things. So, um, so I've, I've really enjoyed living living over here. We live in the Dolomites, so right up close to the Austrian border. And um, at the moment, um, you know, we've got snow on the ground outside. So, um, so instead of running, I, I often get out and go skiing. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic spot. I'm actually lucky. I've actually been over and over northern Italy three times, and I, I'm pretty sure I was actually based in a little village not far from you um, up there. And I'm trying to think. It was sort of Walkenstein or, or something like that. It was uh, Selva, Selvia area or something oh, like Selva that. Oh, Yes, yes. It's yeah. all, uh, less than an hour from where we are. So so you were, you were in the German-speaking part of Italy, and... And we're just outside of that. Um, we're only uh, ten kilometres from the the German-speaking uh, area of, of Italy. So, very diverse it is. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful spot. I remember um, I was cycling down and just cycle up over those um, switchbacks over to the other side down into into Austria and that. And I remember catching a cheerleader at the top of the mountains, and there was this big uh, crucifix of Jesus uh, not far from that area. And the photos I got were amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of um, there's plenty of hills around here, so there's no yeah. no excuse for getting your hill reps in. <laughs> no, exactly. No, look, the Dolomites, those those cliffs. It's it's sort of unique to a lot of alpine regions around the world. You certainly know when you're in the Dolomites. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very, very, very unique mountains. You know those those limestone. You know, uh, very, very dramatic uh, landscape we have around here. 
Yeah, I mean, look, growing up in the mountains in New Zealand and then living amongst the Dolomites, you must sort of feel like a kid in a lolly shop with an empty wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah look, uh, you know, it's it's something that I've always uh, appreciated is um, even even from when I grew up in New Zealand, just to um, you know put your put the running shoes on and walk out the door and um and just go running out in the farmland or in the forest you know and i I could do that back in new zealand you know within 10 minutes uh of you know running running out of the suburb and then into the bush so um that's something i really appreciate living here as well you know just being able to to you know to to do that I've, i've i've never been a natural road runner um and so right from the early days um i've always just loved running out over the farmland and over the hills and first love was really cross country yeah, yeah, for sure. And we're going to delve into all that. Um, what's the actual altitude there where you live, just out of interest? Just around 1,000 metres here, okay. but, um, yep. but you can go up to, to 2,500 metres um, very, very quickly, you know, so sure, sure. Um, plenty, plenty of climbs. Yeah, and the snow would be falling at the moment this time of year? Uh, we've had uh, December. There was definitely uh, had some good snowfall, so good uh, to get the skiing season underway. Um, last three weeks, it's just been blue skies and um and chilly so um can't can't complain you know we um i i don't miss the uh the, the windy days of uh of wellington where i grew up <laughs> yeah good old windy wellington for sure <laughs> all right um sticking with the usual opening routine to get the listeners up to scratch with your own history um i'll just run through your pbs and if you could let us know you know anything of interest that you can recall surrounding these uh these races please mate <laughs> so let's start with the 1500 meter. Um, you ran a 3:46:03 in January um, over there in Hamilton in 1999. That's yeah, it. actually, I might have run a little bit quicker than that. God, I mean, okay. I should have actually, uh, I should have actually done some research because I, I, I must say I was, I was very impressed listening to um, to Mr. Crichton's um, podcast that okay. you did with him, uh, how he was rattling off his his PBs and. Oh God! I, sometimes I'm scratching my head, thinking, "God, what the hell did I run?" And then, and when? Um, so I've, 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 I guess I've run almost uh, a, a, what we would co- probably call a metric sub four, but um, I ran three forty three in Wellington. But it was, it was just, you know, it was just a club day. It was nothing special, and and so I don't even know if it's ever been sort of registered officially. Okay. Um, but um, you know, just you, you sort of have you know periods of of time where you look back and you go, you know, God, I just ran like, you know, three PBs in, in the space of, you know, uh, a month or something like that. You know, these, these sort of purple patches that you get just where, where the training and everything comes together. And, and, um, and I sort of, sort of did that over the shorter distances around, around that, the, the time I did that. So, so yeah, I think it was 3.43 was, was um, an, an change. <laughs> sure. yeah, well, yeah, I can only go off the IWF profile, mate. So oh, <laughs> that's it. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. That's why I um, yeah always allow for that correction. I'll always go with the athlete before the um, before the app, mate. Um, so I see that. Yeah, a couple of weeks before uh, 29th of Jan, you, you ran that 1500 and 346, but um, they got you down for the mile um, two weeks before that. Um, if I pronounce it right, in Wanganui, New Zealand. Oh, yeah, Wanganui. Actually, yeah, you know, so got you there as a 4051. Yep, yep. Yeah, just, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a brilliant, you know, brilliant night. Um, um, back in the day, especially around Cook's Gardens, um, and, 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 I mean, the, the, the town's called Whanganui now, um, so it had a slight name change. Um, but, um, you yeah, know, it was, it was famous because of, um, 
uh, Cook's Gardens track uh, was where they set the um, the, uh, the world mile record uh, with Peter Schnell. Okay. Um, and I know, you know, like they they brought over um, really quality athletes from um, from the states and and the UK, as as far as I remember. Um, and so there was kind of this tradition of the mile uh, of of running it. Uh, and so um, and so that sort of continued on. Um, and I, I guess it it was broken, and then it was resurrected in the in the nineties. And um, and I was just you know it's just great to be part of a race where. And I, I don't remember how many people went sub four, but I think there were two or three or even four in the race. I definitely wasn't at, at the sharp end of the field, but but I, I ran 401. And, and my, my only claim to fame in that race was um, was I, I looked over my shoulder and I saw this pretty uh, young, you know, young whippersnapper, you know, snapping at my heels. And I'm like, God, you know, he... I was surprised how how young he was. It was um, it was a young Nick Willis who um, I just ma- only just managed to um, to uh, to hold off uh, down the home straight. But um, I, I guess he was about like sixteen or something at that age. So, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. so that that's my claim to fame is um, is uh, is Nick Willis has never beaten me over a mile. <laughs> there you go. You take that one. Yeah. He ended up winning winning gold, didn't he? He was at Com Games or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I've, I've been so impressed with how, how, you know, how he's managed his career. Um, he's the sort of athlete that really, um, really uh, focuses and peaks for the for the big events. Um, doesn't over race, uh, and 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 has become really, you know, I think in the early days was it was a little bit, um, you know. Probably didn't get the best out of himself uh, tactically, um, but then he's become, you know, he became really um, tactically savvy, you know, over the last, you know, um, you know, for sure, ten years or more. Um, so yeah, I've, I've sort of followed Nick, um, um, you know, right throughout his career because I actually went to school with his brother Stephen. Okay. Um, we, we went to the same high school in Lower Hutt, uh, Hutt Valley High School. Fantastic. All right, 3,000 metre. This is uh, three years earlier. Um, over in North Carolina, you ran a 7.54.03 in July of 96. Yeah, yeah and that was, um, that was, so it was building up to the Atlanta Olympics. Um, and um, gosh, I have to think, um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not sure if Sean was in the race, actually. Sean Crichton might have been in that race. Um, okay. So so we were we were doing these, um, yeah, just leap up races um, getting ready for the for the Olympics in Atlanta and um, and also trying to do some acclimatization as well so um, so you know it was it was a race run really late at night uh, with quite high humidity and um, but you know that's what we wanted because you know just to get uh, the same conditions as what we'd find at the Olympics and uh, um, so you know having you know doing that time gave me a lot of confidence going into the um, you know, into what was my first Olympic Games in, in 1996. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and, and we'll discuss uh, all those major championships soon. Moving on to the uh, the 5,000 metres, you set your PB a year later over there in Belgium, running a 13.27.66. That's that's moving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was another one of those crazy ones. Um, you know, I'd, uh, I'd flown direct to Europe um, a few weeks before, and, and virtually straight off the plane, I ran 13:30 in Helsinki, um, and so I, you know, I, I was confident that, you know, I could I could run a run a bit quicker. And in fact, I was hoping to run even even a little bit quicker than, than what I did. But um, yeah, we uh, 
I turned up in, in Belgium at this meet and um, and I met the New Zealand team and I'd been traveling around by myself. And um, and so um, so we, we turned up on the day and I knew what day they were getting in. And I just assumed that they were arriving the day before the meet. Um, and then I found out that they, they were actually arriving on the day of the meet. So I turned up there, you know, it's the worst preparation. So I'd actually got the day wrong. Um, and... Uh, and so I'd been out. I'd done my training in the morning, thinking the race was going to be the um, going to be the next night. <laughs> so, so I got a bit of a shock. But um, I don't know if it really, you know, really negatively affected me or not. I was, you know, I was, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But still, you know, I, I you know, got out in the race. Um, you know, I had all afternoon to to rest and relax in the hotel. So it wasn't like I felt um, tired at all. And um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I. I didn't even finish in the top ten of that race. There were so many people running, um, running fast times. It was just one of those typical European meets where uh, um, everybody just, you know, pacemakers and everybody just just ran fast from the get go. And and at that same meeting, um, the two mile world record was broken by um, by Dan Komen, I believe. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So. Um, you know, that's going back, back a few years. I'm no, I have no idea who's got the, that world record anymore. It's kind of a strange one doing a world record for two miles, but um, but they've set up the whole meet for um, just a bunch of distance races and, uh, you know, a perfect night and everybody ended up running good times. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, the 10,000 metre. Um, over Now, this, yeah. was, this was in Inglewood. Um, you picked up national championships with this. You ran a 27.56.80. So this is February 2003. Yeah, that's right. You know, if, you know, a few years after than you know than when I'd run the other uh, my other PBs. Um, so I'd sort of I'd, I'd moved up to 10k, you know, a few years before. And in, in fact, I was um, it was sort of at the time when you know, I was getting more into my mountain running, and uh, and and I guess my my enthusiasm for track running was was waning a little bit as I discovered, you know, um, doing a lot more off road stuff, which I really enjoyed, and uh, and, I, and, I, and I had a crack um, to try qualify for Sydney Olympics in 2000 uh, over the 10k, and it just didn't, you know, for one reason and another, um, I couldn't get in the right races, or if I got in a race uh, over in Europe, then uh, you know the conditions weren't very good. Um, and, and, and trying to qualify in 10K is not easy because there's so few opportunities. And, you know, one of the, uh, you know, from the Southern Hemisphere, the, you know, the best opportunity is really Zadipic. You know, that meeting has always been been set up with running running fast 10Ks in mind. And, um, and there was really nothing on the other side of Christmas at, at the time. And so, um, you know, in, in 2003, I mean, I knew I was in great shape, but I wasn't even even training for track at that time. And, uh, you know, but a bunch of people said, look, you know, we're going to set up this race. Uh, everyone's keen to run fast. We're going to have, you know, we're going to set up with, with pacemakers. Um, the Aussies are coming across to do it. And, um, you know, why don't, why, don't you, why don't you, you know, why don't you just jump in and do it? And so, um, you know, I was, I knew I was really fit, but I, I hadn't, I wasn't track fit. I hadn't run um, any track sessions, and so I literally ran just two sessions on the track just to get myself kind of used to what the pacing could be and getting used to running in spikes again. Um, and then again, just you know, one of those nights with you know, with really not many. You know, I didn't really have any great expectations, but 
you know, you just hang on. You just hang on to the pace. And, uh, um, you know, I know Michael Aish uh, was, was also running that night and John Henwood from, from New Zealand. And, um, you know, if I, I just forget um, exactly who all the, the Aussies uh, that came across that were running it. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I, I think I finished fourth or fifth in the race and everybody just got dragged along to a great time. And, you know, nobody was more surprised than I was to, to break 28. But, uh, you know, uh, that's that's what you got to do, you know, just organise, get people to get, get together, target, you know, a specific night and uh, everybody runs fast time. So, you know, it was just, just good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And looking at uh, 2003, um, I'll go through these individually, but you... You ran um, four PB, so in that 10,000 metre on the track. You also ran your PB in the 5, the 10, and the marathon, which we'll talk about. So, And you actually picked up three PBs within a two-week period, the 5, the 10, and the marathon. So April 03, <laughs> things were really... And then that was a purple patch, that's for sure. So I'll, well, I'll, yeah. just, I'll just move on to that 5K, and then you can tell us more about that purple patch. So you ran your 5K um, on the road. Over there in Carlsbad, um, in April '03, where you ran a 1356. Mm, mm. Yeah, you know, look, you know, I, I kind of forget a bit about the about sort of road PB times, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, it really, you know, it really was a, you know, like I say, I, I knew I was in good shape. I was, I was preparing um, really for the for a European season, so I, I wasn't expecting to be in, in such good shape so early. But you know, having having run the Inglewood 10K. Then yeah, and then coming over to do so. So what I typically do is do one or two U.S. road races to kind of break up the trip on my way to Europe. Um, and um, you know, if I could, you know, if I could work it in with the dates and and the travel, then 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 it was great. And um, and in Carlsbad was always, you know, always always a fast race, fast course, and um, and they always put together a good field and and. Um, you know, just, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you're fit, you're fit. And, you know, you can run PBs across, you know, a variety of distances, you know, and it's great for confidence. Yeah, for sure. Now, yeah, that was, so that certainly makes sense. Um, you obviously, yeah, dropped into the US on the way to Germany. A week later, you ran your 10K PB, um, 28.26 in, 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 in Paderborn in Germany. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. gosh, yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, with the intention of building up to you know to run a good marathon, and and possibly looking back, I might have compromised a little bit what I did in the in the in the marathon because of you know of running so well and so fast, you know, over the shorter distances, or um, just yeah, I think I didn't get as as much out of myself over the marathon as as I did over the shorter distances, which um, you know that 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 would be how I I I sum up that that period, but. Um, um, but again, you know, just you know, it was a it was a build up race, um, you know, fairly low key to be honest. And uh, um, but you know, flat course, um, you know, the pace was fast. And you know, when you're uh, when you're battling away with a you know with a group of uh, ten or twelve Kenyans, you know, and they they start looking around uh, at you, going, you know, what's this guy doing here? <laughs> and, and they were throwing in surges all the time to try and break me. So there was. There was a there was there was quite a quite a group of Kenyans just you know just just quite keen because because you know I, I run I run uh, so often with the African runners and it's, it's so much fun but often often they they like to to break you early you know and then and then then they get away and then they run in a bunch and then then they run kind of rhythm 
Um, but on that day, I just remember they kept looking around and, God, he's still there. And then there was another surge and they kept looking around and he's still there. Um, so, you know, just uh, just hanging on all the way. But, um, you know, it's just great to be, you know, I'm a racer, you know. I, I don't typically look to run, you know, times um, unless I'm, I'm trying to qualify for something. So, you know, I just like getting out and racing, you know, racing the guy next to me. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, I agree with that. I love I love having a race rather than, um, yeah, the time. The time's good, but, you know, we're there to race. So when you're actually out there having a having a bit of a tussle with some shoulders around you, it's a lot more fun. Um, all right, so, yeah, a week later you actually ran the um, the marathon in Germany where you did pick up a PB um, of 2.13 yep. flat. So, yeah, you, I mean, like you said, you, picked, you, you ran the 5 and the 10K leading into that marathon. Um, and you're thinking maybe you're 213 flat as a PB. You could have done better um, if, if possibly you hadn't had those races so soon or just in general you'd never really focus on running a fast marathon. Oh, I, I was definitely I definitely done the training. You know, I was I was fit. I knew I was I, I could I could do a good marathon. Um, and uh, I, I just you know just looking back, I might have just left a little bit out there on the on the on the on the shorter races because um, I know Paderborn was close, and I was I was debating whether to run it or not. I said, oh, is it a good idea? Is it a good idea? Um, and I, I think that one just just might have left me a little bit fatigued. Um, you know, just 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 a you know half a percent still uh, of fatigue still left in the legs um, going into the marathon. So so I always felt I probably could have run a little bit quicker in Hamburg. Um, you know, which at the end of the day, you know, that was, you know, at the time it was just like, okay, you know, that was a good time. I, I can run the, I can run another quicker marathon than that. Um, but in fact, I never did. Um, so, you know, so, so looking back, that was, um, I wouldn't say it was a regret, but um, it was uh, just, just possibly, um, possibly I could have done, done a little bit better in Hamburg and, and I, I still remember coming down the finishing, the finishing shoot, looking up, and seeing the clock, and going, "Oh my God, I got to get under under two hours thirteen And and I uh, sort of you know, made this dive for the line, but um, you know, the, unfortunately, the official results had me at thirteen zero zero. Yeah, two thirteen guy instead of the two twelve guy. Yeah. Just yeah, I know. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go back back one year um, and just, yeah, half marathon PB, 62.37 in Christchurch in June 02. Yeah, that was cool. You know, that was one of my favourite races, actually, just, you know, battling it out with um, with Phil Costley. Um, so Phil Costley's been around, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's about the same age as my as me, maybe a, maybe a year older, and, um, um, you know, he's uh, he's been on the on the cross country road and, and track scene in New Zealand forever, and uh, and he still is, and he's still, you know, he's still still taking masters titles, and um, I, I, I I still see his name crop up in results. So uh, he's he's had a had a very long career, um, but um, you know, there was just the two of us in the end, and um, you know, uh, we you know we we both took it out and just you know sparring you know against each other, and uh, we both wanted the win and. And um, you know, I'm convinced that having you know having good competition like that is um, is the key to you know to running fast times. And um, you know, when I really made my move, you know, I I didn't look back, you know, because uh, you know I, I knew uh, I knew he wouldn't be far behind, and so I just ran you know ran hard all the way in, into the finish. And uh, you know, Christchurch is a, is a great course, um, always has been, um, you know, flat and, and fast and 
running it um, you know in the morning and uh, during the winter time um, you know, often produces fast time so uh, um, you know that that's what I wanted out of the race and uh, you know I was, I was super happy with that with that PB mm, yeah for sure um, let's head back to 91 you um, represented uh, New Zealand the under 20 world cross-country championships was that uh, was it your sort of first taste of international racing overseas? Uh, yeah, well, not the absolute first taste. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd done a couple of things in Japan. Uh, very first taste, of course, is you know just coming across and running Aussie cross country. You know, that's a great great way to get um, international experience. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, first major um, you know major international race, and and I trained so well um, leading up to it. Um, I, I'd done a race in Japan, and um, I, I, I'd beaten the Kenyan runner that ended up taking. I think he, he ended up he ended up being sixth place at the World Cross Country, and I'd, I'd beaten him in Japan. And um, you know, so you know, I, I, I knew I could run run well, um, and I, I think I just you know, unfortunately, I didn't realise at the time, but I'd, I'd, I'd picked up an injury um, going into it, and it turned out to be a stress fracture. Um, so it sort of disrupted my last uh, two weeks of training, and um, I didn't didn't actually know what it was e- even when I did the race. Um, and so people were like massaging it and going, "Yeah, yeah, we'll sort it out for you," you know. And, and of course, that didn't mm. didn't do any good at all. So what part um, of the body so was, was in, the stress yet? Yeah, well, I was in pain when I did the race, but you know, I mean, I didn't even know it was a stress fracture at the time. So, as in, um, in the foot or. Uh, it was in the femur, you know, the okay. bloody, you know, strongest bone in the body. Yeah. Um, and 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 what I'd done is, um, you know, I'd, I'd just been doing some reps on a on a concrete path, and I'm convinced, you know, I I, I felt it, you know, um, the the day after doing those, uh, and I sort of I've sort of learnt, you know, from that that, you know, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to always run fast on a on a on a fast surface, you know, um, do you know do some of the harder work on the grass and 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 look after your body so um you know so i I'd, I'd, I'd learned the learned the hard way on that one but um you know it was my it was my first kind of big international trip and um and uh, i was quite keen to uh you know get the get the experience of uh, of the the older runners in our team and you know we had some uh, you know we had Phil Philip Claude and uh and uh, Rex Wilson uh, um, you know some of the uh, you know some of the top cross country runners um, in New Zealand and and um, we did a um, we did a warm up race in Belgium uh, um, just just the week before it was and um, the Australian team was there with uh, with with Steve Monagheri Sean was there Sean Crichton and um, and we uh, and we all did this race uh, you know it was it was short and you know good good build up race and. And then we we all sat around and had dinner at the at the local pub and and um, and the and the local local running club uh, piled on free beers and of course you know being in Belgium the beers actually quite quite good and quite strong over there and and um, and it ended up being being quite a big night and the thing I the thing I remember most about that was um, actually there's 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 a part in Steve Monaghetti's book about this this particular night because. Um, uh, we were all on the bus going back to our accommodation, and 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 one of the Australians, but he threw up at the you know near the front of the bus, and the bus driver turns around and says, "Where's the where's the Australian manager? He's gonna sort this out." And um, 
I think it was uh, Steve Monaghetti turns around and says, actually, the guy that threw up was the Australian manager. <laughs> so, so it was, uh, you know, it was a real eye opener for a young, you know, nineteen-year-old uh, seeing, you know, seeing all these, you know, all these, uh, you know, incredibly talented and older runners that you look up to, um, also, you know, kind of um, lightening off, letting off a bit of steam, and and having a bit of fun there when they're away on tour. So, um, you know, just just goes to show there's always a bit of balance between. You know, being um, you know, uh, being focused and, and concentrating as, as well as you know, uh, in, enjoying uh, what you're doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's the balance we're always trying to find, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, let's let's move forward to um, 94 Com Games Victoria um, in Canada, uh, 5,000 meter event. Um, now, in your heat, you ran uh, 13.33.72, finishing third, and then um, finishing sixth in the final in 13.35.46. So tell us about mm-hmm. that, about that meet. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I was super, super happy with that. You know, um, I mean, Commonwealth Games has always been such a great, um, you know, it's, it's a stepping stone up to world champs and Olympics, and it's, it's such a... Now, it's such an important event for for developing runners to you know to have that that chance to really be at, a, at an important competition like that and um, um, you know just um, you know I I I train super well um, I, I to be honest I never really considered um, you know getting a medal you know you know thinking about it, I just knew I just just wanted to do the best I could and. Um, and uh, and probably I should have, you know, probably I should have thought, geez, you know, I could probably, you know, I'm knocking on the door there, you know, mm. uh, you know, after the after the heats going into the final, and um, you know, but I, on on the other side, I think I did, I, you know, I got the best out of myself because one of one of the things I know I have to do is, you know, I'm not naturally gifted, um, you know, with with a lot of speed, so what I have to do is really, um, you know, work on my speed endurance and really make sure I, I make it tough you know in the last uh, um, last two laps and and not just wait until the last lap and um, you know and I, and I remember I just you know I mean I, I gave it a go and and uh, and was you know pushing through to the through to the front of the field and then um, you know just just the last lap you know the the faster runners you know were, were you know just have had, had a bit much uh, a bit more gas than I do yeah, yeah, no, some of them can really just sit and kick, aren't they? They can just turn it on, and, uh, yeah, they can really come home fast. Okay, um, 96, first Olympic Games over there in Atlanta, uh, still competing the 5,000 metres, um, finishing eighth in, in your heat with a 13.52.56, and uh, then backing up two days later with a tenth in the semi, um, running a 13.47.81, so five seconds faster mm-hmm. there. So a couple of things yeah. I'd sort of like to like to discuss there. Um, you now you'd ran um, over in Melbourne leading into that two thirteen thirty flats for the five thousand meters in in February of that year. Um, did they were they actually your 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 qualifications for for the Olympics? Yeah, well that's right. That's that's the you know that's the crazy thing. You know uh, officially it was. It was thirteen thirty was the qualification. Like you know, so in, in fact, I hadn't actually done the time. You know, so um, you know, it just goes to show you know that like back back in those days, there was just a you know a little bit of leniency. You know, I'd run that damn close to it twice, and um, and hadn't actually gone under thirteen thirty. No, um, like you were you know, short but, by a fraction of a second, like hundreds of a second. Yeah. 
twice. Well, exactly. You know? <laughs> and, and and you know, and and to be honest, today they you know they, they wouldn't they would you know you, I probably wouldn't have been selected. Uh, mm. uh, you know, and, and the times are probably even a little bit quicker now than than they were back then. But um, yeah, they were sort of back in the in the in the bad old days when we had to run run three rounds for the five k at the um, at the Olympics. You know, now it would it would just be a heat and a um, heat in a final or a semi in a final. Um, whereas then, yeah, there were um, there was heat semis as well as the final, and and they were all within the space of um, uh, of four days. So uh, there was the heats the first night, uh, semis the next night, and then there was a day's break, uh, uh, and then uh, then the final. So, um, you know, and, and I mean, again, you know, coming back to the whole speed thing, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not best adapted to run uh, heats uh, because, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, they're, uh, you know, fairly slow uh, on the first laps. And then uh, then everybody, uh, everybody thinks they're an 800 meter runner and, um, and <laughs> tries to sprint home and get the get the qualifying place. So, um so I, I I just missed on the semis by one spot for making the final. So uh, you know that was that was frustrating at the time. Um, but it was you know, it was tough doing uh, heat and then the next night backing it up for a, for a semi final and you know especially the hot and humid conditions of uh, of Atlanta. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and that that was that was pretty much my my next question. But to to finish off on that, um, obviously, you know. You have to you have to run fast to to progress to the next round to the semis and that, um, but obviously you don't want to be scraping the world to do that. Um, mm. So you sort of you must spend a bit of time looking up at the up at the big screen and counting positions to see what you actually have to do, so you don't have to do anything more um, mm. unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, and I I finished really well on the on the heats. You know, I finished really strong and fast, and um, you know. Uh, they they didn't even have to drop that many people uh, you know from from the heats to 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 get to the semis you know like there was probably a, well, I can't remember now but you know if if we were in a in a heat of, of fifteen runners they probably only had to drop like you know five I think the top ten of the heats made it through or something like that um, so so I was I was pretty comfortable in in the heat. Um, in the semis, it was just you know nobody wanted to lead it, and so I remember I, I got out there and pushed the pace because I just like well, you know I'm a, on a hiding to nothing if I if I sit back and wait because um, you know I just I just just felt I'd, I'd prefer to run a race that I was proud of than to than to you know than to not make the final because you know I you know, I couldn't you know I couldn't kick home enough. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, it almost almost worked for me. You know, uh, just you know, really just missed the missed the place by um, by by one spot. And um, you know, and I you know, I mean, I have to say, it certainly was. You know, in the in the bad old days of um, there was a fair bit of um, illegal substances uh, floating around over the the middle and long distances back then. And I'm pretty sure that uh, some of the runners that, that that beat me for the final were um, uh, weren't exactly clean. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's uh. It's a, it's a sad story that one in sport, um, but um, yeah, for sure. Um, now, tell me about. I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of racing, um, but it's the Olympics. It's your first Olympics, and you're out there. Do you 
Do you try to shut it out that it is the Olympics and it's just another race, or does it sort of, you know, start to sort of build up on you mentally and you start to get a bit more nervous? Or how, how do you actually deal with, hey, I'm I'm, I'm an Olympian, I'm at a, this is this is the 5,000 metres at the Olympics, or do you just think this is just another race, just go about doing normal business, or...? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you have to do it both ways. I think you know. Um, I, I think it's really important to um, to actually absorb and enjoy the experience. Uh, um, and on the other side, when it comes to the racing part, you know, you go just go back into your zone. You do your warm up like you do every other race, and then you you know we, when you're in the race, it's it's just another race. Um, kind of outside of that you want to actually you know enjoy and um and really let the experience of it give you energy as well um just you know you need to separate the two things um so that so that you're not um you know you're not making yourself more more nervous um i mean i i remember when we walked out for the heats we were the next race following um the the 200 meter men's final so um so we're, we're walking around the track there um and then Michael Johnson's, you know, doing his bloody victory lap, and you know, with his, his golden spikes in his hand, and you know, just just runs runs right past us as we're um, as we're doing our, um, you know, uh, you know, our last sort of preparations for the for the heat. So, you know, and that was something I, you know, I thought, wow, you know, at that time I thought, yeah, this is this is cool, you know, you know, just uh, the 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 crowd was going wild because he just just won the gold medal in a world record time. So. Um, you know that's that's something that that I use to kind of you know energize myself that that night. You know, for sure, for sure. All right, moving on to a year later, um, you picked up the singlet for the World uh, Athletic Championships over there in Athens, um, yeah, in '97 for the 5,000 meters. Um, but things didn't go so well. If you could sort of expand on that, please, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to forget about that one. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's good, you know, and, and you learn, you learn much, you know, you learn more from your bad races than, than you do from your good ones, you know, at the end of the day, and, uh, um, you know, I mean, 97 was a great year, um, you know, I'd, I'd run, you know, I'd run PBs, I'd run, run really fast uh, leading into it, um, and I, I think what I'd, you know, I, I just picked up a bug, you know, and um, uh, I just, you know, I couldn't understand why. I just didn't have any energy at all in the, uh, you know, in the in the race. You know, it was it was the heats, and um, you know, it's really unusual for me that I wouldn't finish a race. You know, like you know, to step off the track in a 5k was just, you know, I just I just couldn't believe I'd done it. You know, I couldn't believe I I just stepped off the track and not finished. You know, even, um, and so that was that was a real low a low point for me. Um, but you know, uh, within you know within 24 hours, I was you know I was I was lying in bed being as crooked as a dog. So it was it was probably the first you know the, the onset of, um, of of coming down with something. So okay. um, yeah. you know while you know it's you know it's an easy excuse, but you know it's still a low point for me because you know I, you know one of one of the things I I would always pride myself on was you know was, was finishing every race and you know and and and, and gritting it out. And I think, um, you know, I've always thought that, you know, the more the more times, you know, if if you if you if you stop in a race, um, you know, that's that's not an injury. You know, obviously, an injury is a different situation. But um, if you stop in a race, then, you know, the next time when it's getting a bit hard, you know, oh, it just becomes a little bit easier to, you know, to stop again. So, 
um, that was one of the things I, you know, I, I never liked to do was to, you know, was to stop in a race. Sure. Um, well, uh, you know, previously and after you built a reputation being a bit of a tough unit, mate, so I don't think anyone's going to really sort of <laughs> say you were a little, uh, little bit weak on that night, mate. I mean, physically you were weak, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that's all good, mate. A year later, um, 98 Com Games, uh, now obviously you um, made the 94 Com Games, but over in KL in 98 you didn't. Was there a reason for that? Yeah, well, I got distracted. That was the problem. Yeah, so, um, I, I think I definitely one reason was was going to KL and knowing you know what the what the conditions would be for the um, for the distance races. Um, um, heat and humidity is uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy to prepare for for races in those conditions, but I I, I, I definitely struggle a little bit in, in heat and humidity. Um, so at the time, I was sort of, um, you know, it, it was really actually, I mean, it was leading on from the whole Athens thing that um, I was I was a little bit down on myself at the time, and uh, and I just was really questioning whether I wanted to continue at all with with um, with running, and and I think I already always would have run, but um, whether I really wanted to keep racing. Um, and so, um, you know, not long after that Athens thing, when I'd been back in New Zealand, um, a couple of friends of mine said, oh, we're going down to do the New Zealand mountain running champs. Would you like to come down and have a go? And um, and so I did. We went down, went down to Blenheim, and um, it was an uphill-only course. And, and um, you know, I, I always run on um, run on the farmlands and up and down the hills, and, and, um, and I, I got the win relatively, you know, by by minutes i would say uh, at the national champs and um and so i was like wow this is great fun you know and the and the world champs were were coming up for mountain running and so um and so that's that's probably the um the other reason why i didn't make it to kl was because um that was the very first year i started mountain running okay okay and we're certainly going to get into that that's a that's a great chapter there um okay so moving on to 2000 sydney olympics um you didn't compete there yeah, that's right. You know, I had a, yep. I definitely had a crack. I really wanted to yep. to, to get the ten k time, yep. and I'd um, I, I trained in Europe. I, I was based out of Madrid, uh, um, and uh, I did uh, I did two I did two ten k qualifying races. But you know, one of them I got into a great race, but only at the very last minute. Um, and then the other race was just a complete disaster because it was. Um, it was, it was, it was just too hot, you know, and uh, and and the the competition wasn't strong enough to to run a fast time. So, you know, I absolutely smashed myself that that night, but um, but ended up in a, in a, uh, <laughs> in, a in a sweaty pile of. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. What was just, the time um, that you needed yeah. to 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 make the ten at Sydney? Gosh, I can't really. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. Okay. It, uh, I think it was over 28, it might have been 2018 or something like that. Okay, you know, uh, yep. Um, gosh, you know, going, going back ahead, just, just yeah, not, not 100%. Sure. But, um, but yeah, 10K is tricky. Um, you know, qualifying for 10K, you have you, you have more opportunities to qualify in a marathon than, than you do finding a, a good quality 10K. Um, you know, and that was that was the whole reason for the Inglewood thing and, you know, and... and and of course, uh, Zadapek is is so important for um, you know for for Southern Hemisphere runners running you know wanting to run good 10k. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Um, all right, now moving forward, where you've stepped up the distance to the marathon, 2002 Common Games over there in Manchester. Uh, you ran 2.14.20, uh, finishing in sixth place. Um, little Aussie um, Andrew Letherby picking up the bronze there, uh, yeah. just in front of you in 2.13.23. Now, there, there wasn't much time difference with the placings around you um, around you guys in that second to sort of sixth position. You guys must have been breathing on each other running into the stadium. Yeah, well, you know, it's just, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it was... It was it was it was a it was a funny old race actually because you're right you know nobody really kind of took the initiative and um, you know hats off to Andrew because you know he just you know he saw the opportunity and just just went for it and you know maybe I was sleeping at the time but um, <laughs> it was uh, you know because I saw him I saw him move away and I was like I knew I should have you know I, I've got to go with him you know mm, how far out was that and I just didn't um, it wasn't it wasn't that far from Okay. Uh, it, it was it was well into the last 10k anyway. Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, and I just you know I just yeah I mean I, th- I think I, I, I again it was a race where I got the most out of myself that I could. I mean I you know I finished absolutely destroyed, but um, you know it's a, it's such a fine margin you know uh, within you know one or one or two percent you know and. Uh, just you know, at the time, it's like, oh, you know, just wonder if wonder if I could have um, wonder if I could have hung on to Andrew at the time. But you know, I really really respect him for you know for for, for that performance, you know, because we were we were often quite similar and um, you know in our in our times on the roads and things. And and of course he um, you know he, he was he, he was based in uh, in Boulder, Colorado, and, and did a lot of uh, U.S. road running, um, whereas I moved on to um, onto the mountain running scene. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, that was his PB, if I didn't mention, um, and picking up the bronze. So, yeah, I'm sure he's very happy with that. Um, yeah, yeah, what else to do it, yeah. Yeah, and Lee Troop, the other Aussie, he was just behind you, and uh, Sean, Sean Crichton was there finishing in, in ninth. So, uh, Gosh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, yeah. on to your next Olympics. Sorry? Could have been any one of us on the on the on the podium yeah, well, that day. Like, like I said, there was. I mean, you you had um, you finished there in in two fourteen. Um, Troopy was a couple of minutes behind in two sixteen, um, I believe, and uh, mm-hmm. Sean was in two eighteen. So, but uh, between you and second place, it was practically a minute. Um, yeah. I think mm-hmm. the winner, winner was was two two eleven. But um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, no. I remember gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yep. All right, second Olympic campaign, 04 over in Athens, now competing in the marathon, uh, finishing in 21st place with a 2.17.45. Tell us about that one. I mean, Athens, which clearly would have been hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the home of the marathon, isn't it? You know, so we started in the town of Marathon. Sure. Um, you know, and, and, of course, you know, you, you don't really think about it at the time, but, um, yeah, so we, you know, we, we ran the original course, but, of course, the distance had, had changed, you know, so we actually did this kind of this, uh, this little out and back to make up the extra, you know, whatever it was, two point, you know, 2.2 kilometers, you know, that, uh, that the, uh, the modern marathon distance became. Um, so it was quite, you know, I just remember at the time, oh yeah, of course, you know, we've got to do that extra distance. We can't just run direct from marathon to, <laughs> to the stadium, can sure. we? Okay. Um, but I, I, was, I was really proud of that race, you know, um, you know, I, I, I trained as, Trained as well as I could, um, and uh, you know, and and again, uh, I was I was mixing mountain running and, and and marathon running, which 
which I think worked uh, up to a certain point, um, but but um, it might have been a little bit better if I'd focused, you know, just a little bit more on road sessions. Um, but um, but still, it was a course that suited me. Um, you know, the heat is always challenging, but uh, but it was you know it's a relatively hilly course in, in Athens. Um, you're definitely not gonna not gonna run run super fast times, and. Uh, and I just paced it well and, and came through, you know, and, and a lot of the people that, you know, that were beating me in road races, um, uh, you know, before that, you know, I, I actually beat that day. Um, and, um, you know, so I was, you know, I was, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with the race, you know, top 20 was definitely, um, definitely what I wanted, but, uh, you know, to get, uh, to get close to that was, um, you know, was, was, was pretty satisfying and, and of course I, I didn't see the, uh, all of the drama with, um, you know, <laughs> It's made made the race famous by the uh, by the the pitch invasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, mm. mate. Look, that um, that that running career for any late distance runner would certainly um, be enough. But uh, during all this, you sort of dominated the sport of mountain running for over a decade, which makes your story probably one of the best out there, if, if not the most incredible. So <clears> we'll uh, we'll delve into that now. Uh, you 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 won the Mountain Running World Cup seven times from 1999 to 2008, in the time picking up six World Mountain Running Championships from 1998 through to your last title in 2008, um, which is the most anyone has ever won, and uh, I dare say will probably never be challenged. Um, now I noticed you and Marco from Italy. <laughs> We're taking turns in winning that world title there for seven years. You'd win it, he would win it, you'd win it, he'd win it. Um, now, I'll talk more about uh, about your buddy uh, Marco there um, in a sec as his name pops up again. Um, but if I can just get you to clarify, um, so on, on the research I've done, um, most of those world championship crowns were, um, were part of that World Cup series, um, and that series involved... Um, like accumulating points over the year um, from, from the allocated races and obviously whoever had the most at the end of the year had won with the world champs uh-huh. um, sort of distributing more more points for that series. Um, is that sort of how it was structured? Yeah, yeah, it was. was back in the day. Um, yeah, which, which definitely helped me um, because, you know, the, the world champs were always always the focus for, for the mountain races and, uh um, and to get you know to get points there was was always a bonus. That 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 since has changed because one of the issues was that um, you know of course you have to qualify to uh, for your national team to to to, um, to to be a part of the world championships. Whereas all the other World Cup races you could just um, you know turn up and enter and, and do the race. So um, that's one of the reasons why that's that's no longer the case. But yeah, certainly at the time, um, you know, during having the world champs as, as part of the World Cup, uh, it gave me a, a decent handful of points to to add to the year total. Yeah, and I believe you actually scored um, let's call it a perfect ten um, five times um, during that World Mountain Running Cup. So you actually won all the races um, <laughs> in that cup five times. You did that so. You're certainly dominant, and and this is you know to remind the listeners, this is whilst you're you're you know representing your country, um, you know at at, uh, at the Olympics on, on the road and and you know setting all your other PBs. So um, you know there's there's not too many runners out there that can uh, switch um, so successfully between the between the two. Um, 
Now, I imagine, you know, you, you're extremely good at, at running up mountains. Um, but was that sort of tricky to, to swap between the two? Do you just think they just complemented each other so well? Yeah, look, you know, early on it was relatively straightforward, but um, definitely got harder uh, as I as I as I kind of started to just to get uh, concentrate more and more on the mountain stuff to you know to switch back to especially on the track you know um, in in marathons um, you know there there is definitely crossover in terms of the uh, endurance and strength work that, that mountain running brings you. Um, but you know you still need to um, well you know you still need to do the do the flat fast um, you know tempo runs and um, and uh, marathon simulation sessions you know which at the end of the day you know kind of helps mountain running at the same time so so there there is definitely definitely crossover between the disciplines um, I think where it um, where it started to get me towards the um, towards the later part of my my marathon career was. I just started enjoying uh, the mountain running a lot more, and and uh, and, uh, and 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 I'm always been one to sort of look for look for new challenges, you know. So I think you know through my whole career, you know, starting really as a as a as a cross country runner in my younger days, um, come you know came full circle back to back to mountain running, um, which is you know off road, which reminded me of uh, being back in, in in cross country again. So. You know that was definitely um, you know a big reason why you know why I really took to the mountain running stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now I may pronounce this wrong. Uh, the famous race Sierra Um No, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so that's yeah, racing five peaks um, over the height. There were all those five peaks were over the height of four thousand meters, with a couple of them hitting around four and a half thousand. Um, now you yeah, won an event in two thousand two. Slightly misleading. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> slightly misleading that name oh, so okay. yeah 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 no i've often thought about that because so five four thousand peaks right but the, the deal is you see five four thousand peaks you don't actually run over the top oh, of them <laughs> okay. there you go that's good advertising it, good marketing <laughs> i know i know they're smart you know? Mm, um mm. but uh that said it's got a it's got a hell of a long climb right at the start of the race okay. um we start at around 350 meters of altitude and you and you you move pretty quickly up to well over 2000 so it's it's got some okay. solid climbs <laughs> so, so, what, so what is the total elevation during that race uh it's well yeah you got me uh it's over 2000 um yep yep uh, and with with some descending back into the into the town of zanal but it's 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 become it's become a really iconic race um sure because because of the the way that the the whole sport has developed um um, with ultra trail running mountain running and what we call sky running um that um it's it's the race is 31 kilometers and it's kind of this this kind of middle ground between all of these other disciplines. So you really get all of the top runners coming coming together at this one race. And and you won that in O two and O three. Um, now you set a course record there that stood um, that stood for sixteen years um, until um, Killian last year finally got it with his uh, seventh win of the event. Um, now. Um, the reason I, I mentioned Marco is I looked to see who had got closest to that um, course record that you set back there in 03, and I see his name pop up again. Um, so um, he got within a minute of, of your time um, 
um, a couple of times when, when he when he won the race. Were you actually competing those years when when Marco won it and you got so close to to that time? No, no, I wasn't. You know, I had a, had a long break from that race actually. I ran it 2003, and the next time I came back was 2013 um, as a as a as an over 40 year old, and. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Marco, Marco de Gasperi, um, and and myself go back a long way, and 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 if you look at the results sheet of the um, of the World Championships, it, it does look kind of strange that one year I win it, and the next year Marco's name's there, and mm. then the next year, because because the the way it's it's structured is um is one year is an uphill only race, and then the next the following year is is uh, an up and down, so a circuit race. And um, and Marco is uh, is really incredibly talented uh, downhill runner, uh, very good good technically um, over difficult terrain because he um, you know his home is uh, is high up in the Italian mountains and and um, and so that's the reason why uh, you you see uh, one year my name and and in the uh, in the next year his name because he's much better on downhill and I'm I'm better on the uphill. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Um... Now, when Killian did get that uh, course record, did he sort of text you over a pic of his uh, finishing time on his watch, or did you have any words with him? Or <laughs> uh, yeah, I've known Killian for a long time because um, you know I've I've, uh, I've I've been a sponsored runner with uh, at, at Salomon for uh, for about ten years, and then uh, then was working for Salomon for uh, for some of those years as well. So um, so I've got to know uh, to know Killian from a long time and. Uh, um, you know, he's he's one of those those athletes that uh, that doesn't doesn't come around very often. That's um, that's just um, you know perfectly adapted to you know to the to, to the sport that he's in, and um, you know he's he's both fast as well as um, you know incredibly uh, good on technical terrain, and um, you know he, he might not be the strongest uphill runner, but um, but he's still you know he's still one of the best, and and so. Um, you know he's just uh, just an incredible all-rounder, and uh, um, I always I always thought that you know he'd he'd be able to um, he'd be able to break the time, and it was more a, more a case of if he um, if he concentrated on that that particular race, and uh, and last year he did, and uh, and of course he broke it by 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 a huge amount, and uh, also the second place runner uh, Petro Mamu uh, from Eritrea, he also broke um, broke my my record time as well. Yeah, I think it was thirty. Now, is that is that two thirty? I can't remember the hours. Was that two thirty? Your record? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Killian ran two two twenty five forty. So yeah, um, yeah. So, so that was the difference there for sure. Yeah, I just, I just snuck under the two thirty, um, and then yeah, Killian was another another four and a half minutes odd uh, in, in front. So, you know, he. Um, he certainly, um, you know, he he made the difference on on the downhill sections and the flat section on the second second half, um, you know. And to be honest, at the time when I did the record, it was uh, it was just another race, you know. I wasn't actually I wasn't actually out to break you know break the records as as I sort of alluded to earlier. Um, I'm, you know, I just enjoy racing and, and racing the other runners, and um, and I remember at that particular time I, I had such a big lead in the race that. That I, I I remember thinking, well, you know, there's no point in smashing myself. Um, you know, I've got the Jungfrau Marathon coming up in um, in uh, in three weeks' time, or no, maybe it's a month's time, and um, and that's another big race in Switzerland, 
and uh, I was like, well, you know, you know, just, you know, just, just keep calm. Don't, you know, don't, don't do too much. So, so uh, there, there might have been a bit left in the tank on on the day I did the record, you know. So maybe I should have just, you know, just, just gone as hard as I could and at least. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's always easier for for someone chasing the record, isn't it? Because yeah, their their intentions are slightly different. They're chasing that time, but like you said, yeah, you were just there for the win yeah. and you backed off. So that that uh, was that the marathon in Switzerland you mentioned that you you had coming up that you've won a couple of times. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it's um, yeah, interesting interesting race because it's really a combination road race uh, and and mountain race and then um, and 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 starting in Interlaken and, and and finishing at the. Um, you know, kind of uh, at the base of the, um, you know, looking at the Eiger North Wall and, uh, you know, pretty majestic location, um, mm. you know, definitely an iconic marathon race. Yeah, yeah, and uh, your, your winning times were just around three hours, so it's obviously got a bit of climbing in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't look for a PB on that course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yes, it did 2.49, I think, yeah, on that one. Yeah. So um, yeah, so Killian had the reputation of running, running, uh, being very good at, at uh, the technical stuff and running down the hills. And um, like you mentioned, Marco had um, picked up those those world crowns on the downhill years. But in 2005, your your home city of Wellington sort of held the held the um, the up and down world championships. Now you thought being a Kiwi, you're going to have to go and do it, and you ended up winning it, mate. So that must have been pretty awesome. Yeah, def- definitely a highlight, you know, of, of my whole running career. I mean, you know, how many times do you get the chance to, you know, to compete, in, you know, in your hometown, um, you know, at a at a world championship event, and um, you know, so a real, you know, a real highlight. And um, yeah, I guess you know, my only regret really was, you know, that you know we had such a good rivalry um, that unfortunately Marco wasn't wasn't in the Italian team that day, so you know he you know, wasn't wasn't able to race him. Um, he had a bit of a falling out with the federation, unfortunately. So um, he wasn't he wasn't selected, and um, um, but yeah, it was you know like, like I say, you know Wellington just really turned it on that day, and the public all got, got out and, and lined lined the course and, and supported the race. So um, there was there was myself uh, winning the um, the men's race, and, and Kate McElroy um, also Wellingtonian uh, won the women's race. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, a year later in 2006, um, uh, your now wife, girlfriend at the time, Antonella, picked up um, a bronze medal at the Winter Olympics um, over there in Turin in the cross-country skiing. Um, that must have been an incredible moment to be part of. Yeah, yeah, no, neat. You know, like, that's the closest I ever, I always say, it's the closest I got to an Olympic medal. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, you know, she, she'd, uh, she's been a part of the Italian national team um, for cross-country skiing for, you know, for a long time, and... And she's, you know, she's um, actually competed in, in four Olympic Games and in, in Winter Olympics. So, um, you know, she's had a good, you know, good long career. And, um, you know, and of course the uh, the Italians at, at that time, you know, had a had a very very strong women's team. And and um, yeah, to be standing on the on the side, uh, you know, watching watching her um, do her leg uh, because it was the relay race that she, that she won the medal in. Um, was um yeah it was you know incredible and and um you know i uh, i i managed to to get a ride with her down to the uh, the medal ceremony and got got the front row seat uh watching her get a collector medal in the in the city of turin so um yeah really really special yeah no fantastic um and unfortunately 06 wasn't a great year for you um as in defending your world 
title <laughs> over there in Turkey. Mate, tell us about that story. Oh, yeah, God, you're, you're well informed, you see. Um, well, yeah, I was in good shape. I was up for it. But, um, you know, it was, it's an uphill course uh, in 2006. So, you know, normally that's 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 the type of track I, I would do well in. Um, and, um, you know, I, it's, it's interesting. Looking back, I was, I'm actually really, really proud of that race because, you know, that race I just ran myself into the ground and, and did, you know, and I was beaten by, by a better guy on the day. So I was beaten into second place. And um, while it might be easy to use... Um, use getting bitten by a dog two days before, no, three days before, as an excuse. Um, you know, I, I'm not actually sure how much of a difference it really made uh, to, the, to the result, but, um, yeah, it, of course, it hardly, it hardly helps getting, uh, getting bitten by the local livestock when, you, yeah. when you're out, uh, out looking at the track. <laughs> that must have been a bit, a bit of a scary incident. I mean... Yeah, it was a bit at the time because you know you're thinking, well, you know, I'm I'm out in you know out in the back blocks of Turkey here, and and there were two dogs, and and they and they jumped on me and and knocked me over, um, and so I, you know I'm sort of on my back, and they've got their bloody you know they <laughs> they put their teeth marks into my into my backside, um, but um, obviously they weren't you know I mean they weren't out to obviously do me a, a lot of harm because they they just bit me and let go you know it's not like they you know, they, they stayed on me. Um, but yeah, I, I jumped up and really, um, you know, got the, got the hell out of there. And, uh, um, and I, I remember walking back down the track and, um, one of the, um, one of the volunteer, local volunteer marshals was there and sort of heard the commotion and was coming up towards me and, um, you know, sort of explained what happened. Of course he didn't speak a word, word of English. Um, and, uh, the only thing I understood is like, you know, he was sort of nodding, and he he opens his bag and he and he pulls out a pistol. <laughs> so obviously, it's like he was saying to me, "Yeah, I'm going to fix those those dogs." Um, which yeah, hoping, uh, hoping the pistol wasn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it would have been. Uh, I mean, the intelligent thing to do would have been to, you know, would have been to to watch the dogs. You know, you know and this is what I what I found out later, because I had to have all these bloody rabies injections. You see. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and the thing to do would be just to to make sure the you know the dogs didn't have rabies rather than rather than give me all these bloody injections you know but yeah, still yeah yeah you don't really want that stuff floating around in your system when you've got to go uh, defend the world title but uh, yeah. Like said, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely didn't help I remember you know, I had my heart rate monitor on and I looked back at the graph and the and the bloody spike in heart rate was it was unbelievable <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. So you got beaten by a Colombian for that world title uh, with Orlando. Yeah, 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 yeah. Orlando Ortiz, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, he wasn't around a long time, but um, I, I did. Um, I did race him a couple of other times, but uh, and and he actually, you know, he, he beat me at, a, at another major race. So, you know, definitely, a, you know, talented, you know, talented runner for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, after that event, um, you sort of change your focus once again in services back to. Um, representing uh, New Zealand um, over in Beijing for, for the marathon. Um, now, that didn't happen, I assume. Um, if you could uh, yeah, let us know about that. Yeah, I, I guess I, you know, um, I mean, I, I always like to, you know, to focus on, on major championships. And, uh, um, you know, I think like, like, I, like I said before, um, you know, 
while I enjoyed marathon running, um, it was more of a means to an end. So I'd, I'd try to use a, you know, use a, a, a good marathon to qualify for for major championships like like an Olympic Games and things. But um, you know, for example, um, I ran Berlin. The time I ran Berlin was to qualify for the Commonwealth Games in Manchester. Um, I ran uh, I ran two fifteen, um, or, or no, I ran two fourteen fifty nine in Berlin. Uh, and the qualifying time was 2.15. Okay. Um, when it came to Athens, uh, I ran 2.13.00 in, in Hamburg, and the qualifying time was 2.13. <laughs> so okay. so I, I cut it pretty fine um, in terms of you know qualifying for the events. But um, really, by the time Beijing came around, um, you know, I, I, was, I was heavily into mountain running, and, uh, um, and uh, I, I, I really just didn't, you know, have the motivation myself to go go back onto onto road racing and and, and do it justice to be honest because you know I, I don't like to do things by halves and um, and, and while you can do a, a good lot of the, the build up uh, the volume and a lot of the endurance work with mountain running training you know, you know you still have to do the specific marathon work there's no no substitute for that yeah no definitely um, look obviously living up in the dolomites there um no, it's providing an incredible playground in the summer and the winter months. Um, now, I see you also moved on to a new challenge, snowshoeing. So <laughs> just because you're a greedy man and you love to pick up your medals, you, you've gone over to Vancouver um, to the World Championships in 2010 and picked up a bronze medal, mate. Now, tell us about this snowshoeing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, you've got... Um yeah, you got these bloody um, flippers on your feet, effectively, which makes running really, really hard work. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, so, so I did a couple of snowshoe races in Italy, and um, and, and one of the biggest ones is called the Chaspalada, and and they get like you know five thousand people bloody doing this thing, and um, and of course what they do in Italy is they um, they they groom the track, and so you have this this lovely kind of. Um, you know, relatively solid surface to run over, um, and and you can actually run run pretty quickly with the with the snowshoes on. So so the snowshoes themselves, um, there's a regulation on the there's a minimum length and width of them um, that, that that has to has to um, has to meet. Um, because to be honest, some of the um, the snowshoe races you'd be a damn sight quicker of just just running without the snowshoes on and running in your running shoes, um, or, um, or or maybe even running with uh, with running shoes with uh, with some some spikes on the bottom of them. Um, but yeah, the snowshoe races themselves have that have that regulation. Um, when it when it came to Vancouver um, in, in North America, they have a different definition of what snowshoeing should be. So. Um, it had been snowing heavily um, up on Grouse Mountain, and, the, and they'd, they'd had it. Uh, the course was up there on the top of Grouse Mountain, and and um, and so the gun went. Um, I I fell over at the start, and um, and so I was back in the pack, you know, and then sort of you know managed to get through to the front, uh, and then was running away, and then the course dived off into the forest, and it was like fresh deep snow up to up to your, your, basically your thighs it was you know it was half a meter deep of, of snow and um it was just impossible so um basically you know i stopped and then you know, let somebody else go in front of me to, to you know to, to make the trek because if you're leading you know going through this pretty fresh soft snow um it was such hard work um 
and I just, I just remember it was one of the one of the hardest races I've ever done. I was just absolutely destroyed by the end of it. You know, having led some of that that soft snow stuff, and then and then barreling down these uh, these steep, uh, you know, these steep parts, you know, and and uh, and I almost collided with a tree. And I know somebody didn't actually collide with the tree coming <laughs> coming down there. Um, so while it was kind of you know it was sort of built as a world world championship, it was um, it was quite agricultural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so these these snowshoes they don't allow you to actually doing any ski. You can't ski the snow. You're practically just running the whole time. It's not like a cross country ski where you can actually slide along the surface. You actually just have to run. Yeah, you. Um, I mean, like a race from that, like the one in Vancouver, for example, you were actually sliding um, because okay. there was you know, the snow was so so soft that that um that you just sort of have to let it you know let it slide it's like running down scree that would be the best yeah. best way to okay. um but yeah you see you know you actually you need the grip on the uphill part so they have a they have spikes in the um in the in the front and the and well they have spikes all over the snowshoes to give you um give you purchase going out going uphills yep yep so um so antonella being cross-country skier i assume you you do a lot of cross-country skiing over there now to keep fit are you involved yeah, in? Yeah. I think I read somewhere you might be involved in in the, in the youth program or the kids or something along those lines. Well, um, not really. I've, I've, I do the odd, um, you know, there's the odd sort of um, promotion. Well, you know, they, they call them celebrity kind of stuff. You know, you, uh, I do for charity and things, but um, but nothing nothing directly involved uh, in in the kids program, but. You know, it's just it's just quite um, refreshing to um, you know to to. You know, to put away the the running shoes for a while and um, and just you know do something which is 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 a completely different, but also b um, actually uses you know similar systems, you know aerobic systems, um, and and I I like in cross country skiing, um, you know, it's quite similar to cycling um, in terms of you know you're really um you know you're working anaerobically on on climbs but of course you've got free energy on the on the downhill um so you get a lot of recovery on the downhill sections um but i you know it's it's a sport which you know um just sort of fits my personality because you know i like you know self self-propelled um kind of sports like cycling and uh running and uh and the cross-country skiing fits with that so we're, we're very lucky here in that we have um uh, we have three good places to go skiing, and uh, and the biggest of which has more than fifty kilometres of, of of tracks to go on. Fantastic. Um, now to keep yourself busy over there, I see you're the president of uh, the World Mountain Running Association. So that's a that's a huge responsible uh, responsible job to take on. If you can sort of tell us how you got involved in that, and uh, I guess what what your responsibilities are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. Um, yeah, it's interesting times at the moment, um, but I, I guess yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I've I've got to know so many people inside mountain running, and um, I I think it, you know I, I just felt that it was important to give something you know give something back you know because I've I've got so much out of mountain running myself, and uh, um, and there was a real um, you know there's a real need for uh, I think a bit of a fresh um, you know some fresh faces on the on the on the world Count, world mountain running association council. And so, um, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I guess I was asked to come in and, um, and, uh, and, and do the job. So, um, it's a, it's a volunteer, um, you know, we're all volunteers on the council. There are, there are eight of us, uh, 
um, organising um, the the World Championships is uh, is the main event, um, and that's uh, at the moment that's held annually. Uh, we also have a World Long Distance Championships. We have a, an Under 18 uh, Championships. Uh, we also have um, uh, the World Cup, uh, which uh, this year will be um, has been expanded to 12 races. So. Um, yeah, it's um, it's 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 pretty full on, and uh, sometimes I wonder what I what I've let myself in for, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's certainly certainly really um, gaining momentum. The old um, trail running and and world mountain running. Um, that's yeah, that, it's it's involved. Yeah. It's you guys are sort of affiliated with IAAF. They sort of got involved in the in the world mountain running a few years ago. Is that right? Yeah, and there's been a it's been a long. Uh, a long and close relationship um, with with the IAAF, which is which has recently become World Athletics. So uh, we have a new a new name for them. <laughs> so um, yeah, just uh, towards the end of last year, they they changed from being called the IAAF to uh, to World Athletics. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been I guess in a way it's our point of difference in terms of off road running compared to what um, uh, what uh, what what else goes on? Um, so we work very closely with the um, with the athletics federations, uh, and so at at a world championships, uh, you you run for your country um, under the under the athletics federation, and um, whereas uh, for example trail running is um, is is uh, is very much on an individual basis, and um, and uh, you know. J- you know, to give them, you know, to be honest, you know, they've 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 really captured the mass market, and um, and and for sure, mountain running needs to, you know, not only catch up, but needs to be um, needs to be uh, present on the, you know, on on the world stage, uh, and 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 also um, also be um, you know be attractive for uh, for the everyday runner as well. So that's something we're working towards on on the World Cup to really expand it and open it up to. Um, to 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 um, to the mass market. Mm, mm, no, fantastic. Now you've just recently become a father, mate. How are you going with that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's, a, that's the hardest bit. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, new uh, new new adventure. So uh, we've uh, we've got little uh, little Dorothy now, and she's uh, she's pretty close to one one year of age, uh, and. Um, yeah, you know, we're 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 a bit worried because she's uh, she's racing around the house like like nobody's business at the moment uh, on all fours and um, you know with my wife being a cross country skier and me being a runner, I don't know what we've let ourselves in for yeah. there. So yeah, it's a nice, uh, pe- nice pedigree there, mate. I'll just calculate about four or five <laughs> Olympics away and I'll look for her name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Luckily, you know, I just hope that we can give her, um, you know, our our enjoyment for, you know, our love of the outdoors, you know, and you know that's what we, you know, that's what I've, you know, what I've got so much out of running and and Antonella as well with cross country skiing is, you know, we just love being out in the hills and the mountains and, um, you know, being out in fresh air and nature and. Uh, you know we're 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 competitive, but um, you know the reason for doing what we're doing is because we just love you know love getting out and going running and, and training. No, oh, no, fantastic, mate. Look, um, you've given me ninety minutes of your time, so I really <laughs> appreciate, it, mate. Um, <laughs> look, thanks, thanks for um being a guest on the Running Guy podcast. Yeah, well, 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 thanks for having me. I was I was expecting a tougher time with you know being being a Kiwi on here. <laughs> no, not at all, mate. Not at all. I didn't even get you to say the number six. 
So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> or fish and yeah, chips. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I didn't mean to say at the beginning, but you know, mm. my, my hearts, hearts go out to all of the, um, all of the, all of the folks in Australia suffering with the, with the forest fires there, and you know, for, following it from over, from way over here seems seems a little bit surreal, but um, you know, really, uh, you know, really, really thoughts are with, you know, are with them. Yeah, no, it was certainly a tough time, especially being around the, the Christmas New Year period, and um, yeah, it was a bit miserable. Um, hopefully, things are starting to settle down now. Um, the conditions have changed a little bit more favourable uh, here in Canberra. But um, yes, so yeah, you know, it was a tough time, and yeah, yeah, no, look, thanks for that. Um, yeah, well, look, hats off you for you know for, for you know the you know, dedication for you know carrying on training you know, and, and and adapting to the to the conditions because you know not, not easy. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, look, I can't think of any runners on this planet that have sort of matched your sort of diverse and uh, highly successful career. Um, certainly incredible story and looking forward to uh, to reading the book. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we, we didn't go into steer running either, but that was that's another whole. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Well, you know, start working on that book, mate, because I reckon it's going to be great read, man. <laughs> Uh, we'll leave that for another time for sure mate look all the best for the future uh, that lies ahead and um, thanks again so much Jono yeah hey no problem my pleasure yeah cheers